to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect, how obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, Episode 7. Today, I will talk about stress fractures, the two words a runner never wants to hear. I discuss in more detail the life of a runner who happens to be a physician. Not only am I a physician, I am an orthopedic surgeon, which sometimes has privileges, but sometimes gets me into trouble. I am a bad patient. Most people know doctors and nurses can be bad patients. I don't know when to rest or when to shut down. I have a A plus type personality and I treat myself often and oftentimes I don't do what I need to do in order to recover. As I have mentioned in several platforms, I've had a plethora of injuries. I'm actually battling a small one right now and getting over another one. As mentioned in another podcast as well, my plantar fasciitis, which lasted two and a half years, had an interruption with another injury. I had a great marathon comeback in 2014. I ran the Berlin Marathon. It is one of the world majors and I had a great time. I used it as a training run I just ran. I enjoyed the crowd. The crowd support for that race is awesome. The weather was perfect. There's a reason that the Berlin Marathon has been the place where the world record for the marathon has been broken. Actually, in 2013, when I was there, I was injured. I had just had surgery but I still went on the trip because I had paid for it. The world record was broken, and I was there to watch. Well, I completed my marathon in September, and then I ran the Chicago Marathon. The Chicago Marathon, I hit the wall. I had pain, especially the last one to two miles. It wasn't perfect like Berlin, but I was happy. I was able to do two marathons following my knee surgery in 2013. It was a great comeback, but unfortunately, my foot started bothering me following the marathon. I had significant plantar fasciitis. I tried to rest and recuperate and continue to run, but the breaking point was when I ran Susan G. Coleman 10K later on in 2015, following a race, I started having pain. 
I had to stop running and go back to rehab. I slowly started running again, but I wasn't consistent as I was before. After you get injured, you have this fear in your mind that you're going to never return back to the way you were before. You have this fear of re-injury. And I wanted to take it slow. And I tried to weigh my determination to return to a sport I love with the fact that I don't want to be injured again. Because being injured and having to stop doing something you love is a very painful feeling. But I got to the point where I could run a 10K. It was part of my birthday celebration. I'm big on birthdays. I believe it's your personal holiday. So each year I try to do something to celebrate with friends. I go on a trip and plan something locally. So part of my celebration was a 10K, which I planned the day after a wine crawl, which was not the best idea in retrospect, but I was able to complete my 10K and I was happy. It wasn't a PR, our personal best, but I was happy. And it was a great addition to my birthday celebration weekend. But I really wanted to get back in marathon shape. I still had this annoying pain, particularly in my left foot. The following week, I did some intervals, five to one, ran five minutes, walked one minute, but my foot hurt a little bit more than it did previously. It wasn't excruciating, but I thought maybe I should tone it down a bit because I don't want another injury. So I did more walking than running. I tried to run the following week, but my foot still hurt. So I decided to rest and only uh, ran once that week. I opted to do more biking instead. My foot was feeling a little better the following week, so I tried to run. I only ran 20 minutes. My foot started hurting, so I stopped. I had a couple bike rides planned over the weekend, so I figured I would just concentrate on biking. On Friday, I rode 23 miles, and my foot ached after the ride, and that was unusual. It usually bothered me only when I ran. The following day, I did a 36-mile bike ride, and after riding, I was laying around and I jumped, and I felt a sharp pain in my left foot that did not immediately go away. And it bothered me the next day at work. I also started having some vague night pain as well. I got a call from another doctor's appointment. I had originally seen another physician for my plantar fasciitis and received two cortisone injections, as I mentioned on my plantar fascia podcast. This other physician was booked and I couldn't get in to see him, but... I opted to see him for another opinion because I was still having problems and still was not able to run. So as I sat in his office after talking with his resident, as I was telling my story, the thought popped into my mind. It was like a light bulb. I may have a stress fracture. He came and after he went over my history and examined me, he thought, 
I was tender right over the calcaneus, which is my heelbone, not over the insertion of the plantar fascia. So he suggested a bone scan because I had symptoms in both feet versus getting an MRI. Briefly, a bone scan is a test that can find damaged bones. A radioactive substance called a tracer is injected into a vein in the arm. The tracer travels throughout the bloodstream and into the bones. Then a special camera takes pictures of the tracer in the bones. Areas that absorb little or no amount of tracer appear dark or cold spots. This means there is lack of blood supply to the bone and can indicate certain cancers. Areas of fast bone growth are repaired, absorb more tracer and show up as bright or hot spots in the picture. Hot spots may point to problems such as arthritis, a tumor, a fracture, or an infection. In my case, if there was an increased uptake, it would indicate a stress reaction or stress fracture. The treatment for stress fractures is rest and recovery. An MRI would also show a fracture, but it is a lot more expensive, especially with two. While I have decent medical coverage, I still have to pay a percentage out of pocket. So the bone scan was the best option for my pocketbook and to figure out if I had a stress fracture. So I underwent a bone scan. It was quite a unique experience. I've ordered plenty of bone scans, looked at plenty myself, but it's different actually going through the experience I arrived and they injected tracer in my vein. Then they took pictures of my feet. I had to sit on the table for about 20 minutes. After they took pictures, I had to wait about two hours. The tracer had to circulate through my blood system. I was happy I had the bone scan at the hospital where I work. I left and saw a few patients and then I returned then they scanned my whole body and took more pictures of my foot. That process took about 45 minutes. The results revealed that I had a stress fracture of my left foot. You may say, what is a stress fracture? Well, a stress fracture is a type of bone break or crack in the bone. They occur when a small or moderate amount of force is applied to a bone repeatedly and over time. It's different from a traumatic fracture or break in which the amount of force is applied suddenly, such as the case if an ankle is severely twisted and it can cause an ankle fracture in a sport or in a car collision. Stress fractures are common in the foot and ankle bones because we continue to place forces on them by standing, walking, running, or jumping. In a stress fracture, the bone breaks, but usually does not become displaced. The forces that cause a stress fracture in the foot or ankle is similar to those when you bend a paperclip. If you gently bend a paperclip once, it will not break. But if you continue to bend it back and forth multiple times, the metal becomes weakened or fatigued and eventually breaks. Bones that are subjected to repetitive forces can experience a similar type of fatigue called stress reaction or stress fracture. 
This increases the risk that the bone will eventually break. Stress fractures generally occur by one or two ways. People with healthy bones overuse the foot and ankle by frequent repetitive motion. This is the case with athletes like me who participate in high-impact sports, such as running. There are high incidence of stress fractures in certain Army cadets because they do a lot of running with heavy loads. People who also have very weak bones from a underlying condition such as osteoporosis can sustain a stress fracture in the foot, even with fairly low impact activities such as walking. This stress fracture is called an insufficiency fracture because it happens in a bone that does not have sufficient density or strength to withstand normal forces. Insufficiency fractures can sometimes affect younger, otherwise healthy women who exercise excessively because activities can lead to irregular or absent menstrual cycles, which in turn affects the strength of the bone. Stress fractures can also occur in people who increase the amount of a certain type of activities. For example, someone who runs twice a week for 30 minutes and then suddenly progresses to running seven days a week for over an hour. The increased stress to the bone can cause a stress fracture. During my workup for my stress fracture, my vitamin D level was checked. My vitamin D level at the time was around 30. There are differences in the reported normal range. Some report over 20 is normal. Some report 30 to 50 range is normal. I've also read several articles where endurance athletes, particularly African-Americans, because we don't get as much vitamin D or is not absorbed as well in African-Americans as it is in others. One of the sources of vitamin D is the sun. And with darker-skinned individuals, it's not as easy to absorb as in with light-skinned individuals. So my doctor recommended my vitamin D level be around 50. And that's where I try to keep it, especially since I have this history of a stress fracture. Following the diagnosis, it was a bittersweet moment. I knew why my foot was not getting any better, but it also meant that I had to shut down, arrest, no running. I actually shed a few tears. Running is a significant part of my life, running and other activities. I get my endorphin rush from running. I deal with life stresses by going for a run. So it was very sad for me. I got myself together and thought things happen for a reason. So my focus began to be my recovery. I still could work out, but nothing that put significant pressure on my foot. I focused on riding on the stationary bike. Yes, I rode the stationary bike with my boot. I did some weight training. That's all I could do without putting weight on my foot. 
I got some weird looks in the gym. And one of my friends who knows me well used to tell me that I was doing too much when he saw me at the gym. I was placed in a cam walker boot for three months again. It probably would have been a shorter period of time, but again, I do too much. DTM, do too much, is me all the time. I worked out, as mentioned above, I remember going to a football game, which is one of my loves. And we had to walk several blocks to the stadium. I had no idea it would be um, such a long walk. It was an out of town game. Actually, at the end of my recovery, I actually wore a hole in my boot. Because I was anxious to return back to running and wanted my stress fracture to heal as quickly or as possible, a bone stimulator was prescribed for me. What a bone stimulator is, it's used to stimulate bone healing. Usually it's electric or they have ultrasound stimulators. And what you do is you attach the bone stimulator near the site of the fracture. It has a small battery pack and is worn for a certain period of time each day. The stimulator sends either electromagnetic or ultrasonic impulses to the area where the bone healing is occurring. The goal of the bone stimulator is to activate a series of receptors in the body to encourage a healing response. Essentially, the bone stimulator activates a pathway that releases chemicals within the body. These chemicals are signals inside the body to progress fracture healing. The type of process in the body is called a cascade and occurs when one signal stimulates another process to occur and so on until healing is complete. The hope of the bone stimulator is that the cascade is pushed along without stopping until the healing process is complete. So my healing process was a total of three months. I'm not sure if the bone stimulator helped. Maybe it could have been six months. Thank God it wasn't. So my bone was healed right before ski season, which was awesome. Ski season came and I was out of the boot. And actually the ski boot was more secure than my walking boot, even though I had not rehab my foot and return to running I was able to ski so I skied a total of five days and I had the best lesson I ever had in my life at the time it was so much fun to be active again when I returned my former running coach recommended physical therapy in order to help return me to running he did not trust me and I didn't trust myself either so I thought it would be proper to undergo physical therapy in order to help me return to running. So I was very diligent with my therapy and listened to my therapist, Liz. I was able to run the Star Wars Half Marathon in Orlando, Florida. This was in April 2016. Anyone who knows me knows I'm the biggest Star Wars fan ever. And this was a great race. I even ran into one of my classmates who was also an avid runner. 
I talked to one of my ski friends who also runs into running the race as well. I dressed up as R2D2. The run was great. I still had a tinge of pain in my heel, but it was manageable. The race was not difficult at all. I was able to finish the race. It was a slow race, but I was able to finish and I was happy. I felt that I was on my way to recovery. Following the race, I actually recovered properly. I wore my compression socks. I did ice bath. I foam rolled. I rested. I continued to do my physical therapy exercises. I actually took a week off of running and I uh, walked and did ellipticals. I tried to run a week after the race and I couldn't run. My foot hurt. So I figured I just needed a little rest. So I continued to light workouts. I tried to run again, but my foot was still bothering me. So it would take additional therapy, a referral to a foot and ankle specialist, and a procedure called 10X, which I mentioned in another podcast. And this was in June of 2016. It healed, and then I had some difficulty with the scar, and I needed some shockwave therapy, and this eventually resolved my plantar fasciitis. So my dilemma finally ended, but a stress fracture was an additional injury I had outside of the plantar fasciitis. If you have any questions regarding stress fractures, plantar fasciitis, or any other questions, please email me or feel free to send me a message via my social media networks. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please, if you already haven't, download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you have any questions, comments, or possible show topics, please email Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, OLB, Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. Again, that is Running is Cheaper Than Therapy. O as in Omaha, L as in love, B as in brown at gmail.com. Dr. Brown can also be reached via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Handle We OUI Life, L I V E. We OUI Love, L O V E. Again, We OUI Life, L I V E. We OUI Love. Thank you and please tune in again.